Grace, mercy, and peace are yours from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Yes, we have made it to 2021, a new year. And so in this new year, let's start with a new sermon series. And instead of thinking about how I can maybe necessarily do things different just in my life today, maybe God gives us some instructions through our sermon text today and over the course of the next couple of weeks that will encourage us to find joy in serving others by using the words, you first. It's really the goal of this sermon series is to see the blessings that God brings into our lives when we, like Jesus, put others before ourselves. I'm sure you've heard of them. Maybe you even made some on your own or have in the past. A new year usually means New Year's resolutions, right? It's a new year and so it's time to think about the new you. I'm sure you won't be surprised as you look at the list on the board that those are the top 10 New Year's resolutions, right? You've recognized many of them, I'm sure. Get organized, learn something new, get out of debt, enjoy life more, more family time, quit drinking, lose weight, quit smoking, exercise, help others. Most of them are about self-improvement, aren't they? Not, not all of them, but most of them are. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. There's certainly joy that can be found in saying I can do better and I have a goal to do better in my own life. But today and over the course of the next couple of weeks, I'd like to turn that around just a little bit. I'd like to turn it around to be not only about me and making my life different or better, but how can I serve others? How can I make the life of others better as well? How can I say you first in the life that God has given me in this world. You first. Those words don't come too easily to us, do they? It's not something that we relish to tell other people that we'd rather put them before ourselves. It certainly doesn't come naturally. We think about what's in it for me. What can I get out of something, right? Instead of what can I give or how can I help others? But as God's people, we certainly know, don't we? We certainly know that there's blessings in living life, thinking about others before ourselves. It's exactly what God says in his word. It's how God wants us to live. And so if God wants us to live that way, doesn't it stand to reason that God will also let blessings flow into our lives when we live as the, in the way that God wants us to? And so as we think about this new year, this happy new year that we greet one another with, maybe let's think about doing the new year God's way by using those words, you first. That's the theme for the sermon series. It'll also be the theme for our sermon today. You first, and we're going to specifically talk today about in our relationships. As you heard me read Ephesians 5, our text before, yes, Ephesians 5 is about marriage. It's about husbands and wives. But it's safe to say that no matter what kind of relationship you have, no matter what the relationship involves, when you strive to put the other person first, God is going to bring blessings. It all centers around this word submit or submission. And what I want you to see today, what God wants you to see today, is that let's take a deeper look at that word because generally we have a negative reaction to that word submit. And yet after further review today, we are going to see that it really makes sense to use the words, you first. God brings great blessings through that. 
And the blessings of submission are seen best in the person of Jesus and then flow into our lives. Let's start with verse 21 today. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. This really lays the groundwork. This is the source for everything else that the Apostle Paul is about to say as he instructs husbands and wives and then parents and children and then slaves and masters. It all starts with this idea of submitting to one another. The book of Ephesians is a pretty nice book to read and maybe I'll give you that an assignment for this week. It's only six chapters. You could read through the book of Ephesians and what you'll notice as you do is that the first three chapters of Ephesians are all about what God has done for us in Christ. You might remember hearing or learning this passage once upon a time that in Christ we have full and free forgiveness. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith and this not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. That's the highlight, I suppose, we could say of what the first three chapters are saying. And then in chapters 4, 5, and 6, the Apostle Paul says, here's how we live. This is the Christian life in response to knowing the grace of God, the free and full forgiveness that Jesus has won for us. And then through the rest of chapter 5 and into chapter 6, he describes what it is to live the Christian life. Some have called this section the table of duties or responsibilities. As God lays out for each person, depending on their callings, their vocations in life, how we can respond to the grace of God in the way that we live. It's really all about love. You see, this is not something that someone who doesn't know Jesus will ever do because it's motivated by love that came to us first through Christ. The only way I can submit to others is out of reverence for Christ. And when that love of Christ is in me, when I remember what Christ has done for me first, that's when I can say you first to others. We love because he first loved us, the Apostle John wrote. This is our response to the love that Jesus demonstrated to us. And so we can say, you first to others, knowing that Christ already put us first. Can we talk just for a minute about that word, submission? What do you hear when you hear that word? What does it make you think of? Is it safe to say that word submission makes us think of things like obedience, inferiority, Maybe if you think about a wrestling match, you might say, uncle, that would show your submission, right? In general, we do not think of submission as a good thing, but a bad thing, right? Unless, unless you're on the side of things where people are submitting to you, right? Here's the problem that we have as we look at the Apostle Paul's words. It's very difficult to put into an English word the concept of the Greek word submit. Quite literally, the word simply is about arrangement. It means to arrange under someone or something. And it has no implications of superiority, of rank, of ability. It simply is order. And we know that our God is a God of order and a God of peace. And so the arrangement that God made for husbands and wives and marriage and later on as we talk about parents and children and masters and slaves, 
these arrangements are made with the opportunity to serve one another in love. It's important to keep that in mind as we think about the Apostle Paul's words. We could, I suppose, just take verses 22, 23, and 24 as Paul addresses wives and talk about them separately. And then we could move on to verses 25 and follow and talk about how Paul addresses husbands. But what happens when you separate those two is you lose a little bit of the concept of the togetherness, the teamwork that God is describing in a relationship. Take a look at verses 22 and 25 with me. Wives, submit to your husbands, your own husbands, as you do to the Lord. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. I know the sinful part of me reads that word submission and thinks things that aren't exactly what God intended. God wants husbands and wives, he wants people in a relationship to work together as a team. Not thinking about what's in it for me, what can I gain, how can I make my own life better at the expense of someone else. You see, God doesn't want husbands and wives to live in conflict. And so the roles that he designed, the idea behind husbands and wives and what he's given them to do is to keep peace, is to bring blessings into their lives. To show us how to carry this out, the Apostle Paul lists some role models for each husbands and wives as they live out their God-given purpose in their roles. Did you hear them? Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. Just going to talk to the men for just a little bit in here today. That's a pretty tall order for us, isn't it? To live in such a way that we are reflecting Christ's love, that means the complete sacrifice, the ultimate sacrifice, being willing to lay down our lives for people that God has placed into our lives and especially in marriage. Wives, your role model, the church. When we think about what Jesus has done, how Jesus selflessly gave himself up, how he offered his own life for our sins, is it difficult for us as the church, for God's believers, to follow Jesus' lead? To recognize that what Jesus has in mind for us are his very best, our very best interests? See, all of this is never about me, but always about the other person. Husbands, when we hear the words that wives should submit to us, that in no way implies that we can give orders, that somehow we're greater but if you think about it, it's actually the exact opposite. We're called to serve. We're called to say, what is my responsibility in serving the person that God has given to me? I know for wives it's hard to hear those words submit, especially because they've been misused and abused, because people are sinful and people have sinfully gone against what God's plan and design for the roles in marriage are. But when they're carried out as God wants them to, these two roles complement each other. They complete each other. I want you to understand how today because this is where God's beauty in this design is lost so often on the people of this world who can't understand what God is asking. Think of it this way. This is a husband's job really anybody's job in a relationship, but let's stick with the marriage relationship. This is a husband's job to love his wife 
that he's willing to give up his life. So every day, husbands, we should wake up asking ourselves one question. What can I do today to serve and love my wife? That's what God asks us to do. At the same time, a wife who submits as the church submits to Christ wakes up every day asking the same question. What can I do today to serve and love my husband? Wow, just think about that for a second. If there are two people have a, having a competition in a relationship to see who can be more selfless, who can be more unselfish, who can serve the other person better, doesn't that just make sense that that relationship is going to be filled with blessings? When each part of that relationship is looking out for the others? When it's all about serving? When it's about saying you first? I had a professor at the seminary who tried to get us to understand this a little bit better and so he tried to speak in terms that a person like me might understand. He used baseball. And he talked about the fact that in baseball you have two people in the baseball game that really are involved more than any two people in the game, the pitcher and the catcher. I don't know how many of you watch baseball or have seen a baseball game. I'll try to make it as painless as possible to talk about baseball. But you might know if you watch baseball that the catcher really is the one who is the leader on the field. The catcher calls what pitches the pitcher should throw. So maybe the pitcher has a fastball and a curveball, and you might see that a catcher, when he's squatted, should I squat down? Is that better if I do that? He might actually put some fingers down like this and give you some signals. He's telling the pitcher what pitch he should throw. And most of the time, if you watch a baseball game, the pitcher simply responds and throws the pitch because it's the catcher who knows the scouting report. It's the catcher who plays more often. But have you ever seen this as you watched a baseball game? As the pitcher peers over his glove into the catcher, he shakes his head. He wants to throw a different pitch. The goal is the same. They're trying to get on the same page so that they get the batter out. You see, for a pitcher and catcher, it's all about working together for success, for the team's success. Is it any different in a marriage? Maybe the goal, the success, is measured differently. In a marriage, certainly in a relationship, you want a successful relationship. You want a relationship that's filled with blessings. And God says the best way to find those blessings is when we're serving each other. It isn't about agreement in every single thought, but being together in the way that you think. It's what the whole term found both in Ephesians 5 and Genesis chapter 2, to be united to his wife is all about. It means thinking in terms, not me and my and mine anymore, but thinking in terms of us and ours. See, husbands and wives, people in a relationship, Christians in a relationship have even a greater goal. The same goal, yes, having a great relationship, but even a greater goal in that we're looking forward to the inheritance that Jesus has given us, a life with him forever in heaven. That's really the source of all of this. It comes back to Jesus, doesn't it? Jesus who gave up his life for each one of us to 
make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word, and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. Jesus is the ultimate example of selfless service, of selfless love. Do you remember Jesus' prayer in the Garden of Gethsemane? Right before he was betrayed, Monday, Thursday evening, before the greatest travesty of justice this world has ever known came about, Jesus prayed, Father, if it is your will, take this cup from me. You see, Jesus knew what was ahead for him, didn't he? He knew about the excruciating pain. He knew about the horrible death that he was about to suffer. But what did he pray? Not my will, but yours be done. Isn't that the ultimate act of submission? Jesus submitting himself to the Father's will, being willing to sacrifice himself to put us first, Jesus gave himself so that you and I can be called holy and blameless, presented to God without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish. Isn't that amazing? Through Jesus, God sees you and me as blameless, sinless, holy, perfect. That's what you are through Jesus because he gave himself. And through those blessings that Jesus has poured out, we have the peace of knowing that forgiveness and the joy of looking ahead to eternity. Those blessings that came through Jesus' selflessness are blessings that God can pour into our relationships as well. The blessings of peace and joy as we live for each other, as we say, you first. I've talked a lot to married people already, so I'll speak just a little bit more to the married people this morning. You see what God wants for you in marriage. You see the blessings that God is going to bring from it. Hear those words. Husbands, love your wives. Put them first. Keep asking yourself that question, how can I make my wife's life better? Wives, you hear God's words too. Love and respect your husband and ask that same question. What about those who are dating or in relationships? Does this work in relationships too? Maybe not quite to the degree as we would think in marriage, and yet certainly it furnishes us a great place to practice, doesn't it? Isn't it a great thing even in relationships that we have in this life that might not be a marriage relationship to put another person first? To practice setting aside our selfishness and saying you're going to be more important than me? What about single people? How does this apply to you as we think about what God is saying today? Well, maybe God is simply saying to you, whatever relationships that you have, whatever relationships with roommates, with friends, with coworkers, you too can still practice that selflessness. Practice putting someone else before yourself as you wait. Maybe God is bringing that person into your life. Maybe it's giving you the practice to see what it is that you're looking for in that same selfless partner that God might have waiting for you. You first. It all comes down to love, doesn't it? It's why Jesus said this in John chapter 15, My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this to lay down one's life for his friends. There is joy in serving. When we follow Jesus and see his love, that's when that service will spill over into our lives. 
Some takeaways today from our you first and our relationships. First of all, submission means putting others first. It's not a bad thing. People, sinful people have made it a bad thing in many cases, in some cases. But it's exactly what God wants as we look to serve others in the same love that Jesus has shown to us. Number two, Jesus put us first when he gave his life for us, the ultimate act of submission to the Father's will for our salvation. That's what Jesus carried out. Maybe you're thinking to yourself here before I get to number three, well, but what if? What if I'm the only person in the relationship that's saying you first? What if the other person isn't? It doesn't change anything, does it? In the end, you're following through. You're striving to be the type of person that God wants you to be. And maybe simply by your example, God will use that to bring the other side to understand what he wants. Finally, number three, we say you first in our relationships because of Jesus' love for us. In the end, no matter what I sacrifice in this life, here's the truth. I have something great waiting for me in life after life in this world. Jesus has already redeemed me. He's already called me his own. I'm on my way to eternity in heaven. So whatever I give up in this life, it's nothing compared to what I will have with my Lord in eternity. I'm guessing that most of you have seen the word joy used as an acronym before. Used as an acronym where we can say Jesus, others, and then yourself last. It's really a great way to think about you first. Because it starts with Jesus, doesn't it? It starts with remembering Jesus' love for us and all that he did to put us first. And then that love for Jesus, when it spills over into our lives, it becomes about serving others, about putting others before ourselves. Yes, there's joy in serving. Will you join me in 2021, taking these words of the Apostle Paul to heart and saying, my New Year's resolution is going to, say, to be to say, you first. You first to the relation, in the relationships God has given me. You first to other people in my life, knowing that because it's God's way, he'll fill it with blessings. And knowing even more that Jesus already said you first to you and has redeemed you for an eternity in heaven. Amen. Peace of God which passes all understanding will guard and keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.